Welcome to the first proper official episode of Bevies with the Boys with myself, Kieran, and my illustrious, irreplaceable co-host, Thomas. Uh, Hello, howdy, how do you do? That is a awful way to introduce yourself um and i regret laying out such a grandiose red carpet for you sir yeah i garnered that from just the slight silence as soon as i did it it just sounded like disappointment i mean you're cutting this together so you could very easily um you know cut out that silence or even make it even longer and make it sound oh, like i've just it's gonna be a half an hour silence this, this is what the podcast that's is great now. listening yeah episode one yeah. begins with a half hour silence and uh doesn't really pick up from there and then we both go our separate ways and live lives yeah. of crime and end up meeting up when we're in our late 50s and we wonder where it all went wrong that is engaging content in every <laughs> every kind of facet anyway i think a better way to start or two ways to start a multi-pronged approach first of all what are you tom drinking with this podcast recording I've I've gone to spice up my life, my routine, my day with a little bit of chili and ginger gin. Chili and ginger gin. I'm feeling the combo. siesta. I'm loving it. There's a fire dancer in my mouth. What about your <laughs> illustrious self? What's her name? Carmen. <laughs> okay, never mind. I won't ask any further questions. Yeah, just, I, I'm <laughs> I am drinking... Um, I bought it specially, actually, for this recording. Uh, well, I say specially, it's not like imported from Italy or something. It is Mortimer's Orchard English Berry Cider, which I believe is part of the, well, judging by all the stickers on the bottle, is part of the Henry Weston's family, uh, that dangerous little beverage. Um, I haven't tried it yet. I was going to save first reactions for the the intro of this episode after, obviously, we um, just begin with a complete train wreck and you talk about the mysterious Carmen, who I'm sure will come to in later episodes oh, yeah, um, just pop up every now and again just saying hello how just throwing around her fire and yeah. causing our hearts desire well i'm gonna give this henry weston's as i said mortimer's Austin. mortimer's given me uh, a bottle of this it's exclusive for this uh-huh. recording he's a great uh, patron of our of our arts but i'm gonna give it a sip so you just you know have a little have a little uh chin wag while i have a little guzzle yeah the the best thing to place in while you get your lips activated with the tangy sweet cider, oh, that's beautiful, uh, <laughs> is to say a very special thank you to a certain musical maestro mm. who's done all of our intro music. He's uh, a man, Mr. Oliver Crayford. His hair is as golden as his heart, and he has done us this beautiful piece of funk majesty. You've really outdone me. Listen to a lot when it comes to introducing people there. Yeah, um, I, went I, I want to meet Ollie, and I've met Ollie. Yeah. I know he's amazing. I want to meet him again. I just feel like this is a brand new man you're uh, you're lining up. Yeah, here. you just never stop shaking people's hands, <laughs> which you can't do at the minute. That's a federal crime. Uh, it's a no no. Um, so, how are you? What are you doing today? It's quite it's quite sunny today. It's quite a nice day, hence why I've decided to opt for the the sunny cider rather than something heavier like rum. Yeah. But you don't play by those rules. No, um, I, I like to abuse my body with weird tastes. <laughs> uh, I don't know where to go with that, so I will repeat the question: How yeah. are you? <laughs> oh, loving it. I've I've got a nice ray of sunshine hitting my beautiful ironing board desk. Nice and. Just having a great day. Finally finished another 30-hour stint on Persona. So I'm 
staring off into space every five seconds. Yeah, but other fulfilling than that, your dreams of being a little Japanese schoolboy. I'm the best Japanese schoolboy, and that will never change. <laughs> that's going to go on your tombstone. Yeah, Imagine if that's, that's all you lived up to, life. just aspiring yeah. to be a Japanese schoolboy, not being that's, one. No, nah, just one day. It's the only achievement I ever want to sort of succeed at. <laughs> what about your lovely self? Obviously, um, as you said, sun's out. I'm pretty good, yeah. Out. So the sun's out. I've got this strange thing at the minute, and I feel like it. it's part of... I want to say it's part of becoming an adult, but it sounds super lame. Is whenever the sun's out, I get super hyped because I'm like, oh my God, I can do loads of washing and it will dry in the day. <laughs> I feel like that's a, a great summary of where the world is at the moment. That That is the highlight of my week often is, oh, you I can just, do some washing. <laughs> you aged 30 years in one sentence and I've never seen it. The gray hair just started growing through. <laughs> through the microphone jesus it's definitely yeah. uh getting very unkempt um so i mentioned a second ago the introduction was a multi-pronged approach the first of which was to ask you what you were drinking and let me tell you tom you certainly delivered um the second of which is for people who maybe saw the word pilot and thought ah that's a load of shit you know i don't want to check that out we covered on the pilot episode briefly um what bevies with the boys is but as this is our official seminal beginning episode would you like to introduce the audience to the wonderful journey they will soon be going on, which is Bevies with the Boys? Uh, I need to add up to as grandiose as an entrance I can do. As I said in the pilot episode, it's just two boys shooting the shit. It's, it's not only that, it's two fellas who have struggled at not a lot in their lives, just... <laughs> sitting down and spreading their their truths to the masses we're gonna start a cult and it's gonna be a fun time for all involved right well i'd just like to get in early that i'm not affiliated with any of that at all uh no, i thought this was gonna be a fun party time and <laughs> not some kind of sacrificial uh chamber yeah we're just gonna drink and be merry is the main two tenants well i think that's all the world needs right now um Pardon me, a little burp there, always got to kick off the show correctly. Uh, I'll tell you what, this Mortimer's Orchard is not quite what I'd hoped it would be. It's got a really nice uh, sort of pink hue to it, kind of looks like rosé a little, but it tastes, I don't even know how to put it. It tastes like it's been sort of filtered through hay, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> so it's probably as Suffolk as you can get, which is oh, yeah. you know, our... our uh, are wonderful roots, but I didn't want to be drinking those roots. You know, it's it's certainly not um, it's not really as good as I don't know. What's your let's <laughs> let's start off this uh, incredibly enthralling podcast. What are some of your favourite alcoholic beverages? You would say as well. No, not just favourite in general, but on a lovely sunny day like this, what's what's good? You're just sitting down, got a camping chair, sitting outside, got some tunes on. What do you got in your hand? See, after painting that beautiful word picture, it's it's always going to be either old moot cider, which yeah. is the greatest. I call it old mouth, but I'm pretty sure that's definitely not how you can pronounce it. No, that's I I don't know. All right, it's just there's an M, there's a T. Just have fun with it. There's a few letters and between then, them. No, that's all there is. It's just <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's horrible spelling mistake. Um, Fun part of Tom's character, uh, he never finished school. So no, we don't I am hold that against him. 100% illiterate, and that will never change. You couldn't uh, match other that. Other than that, you got that 100%. You didn't go 110 oh. like some of those dweebs who think that they're funky and fresh. 
That would have been a funnier joke to do, but as you know, I'm not a zany man. No, I think people have learned already we're not aiming for funny. We're aiming for no. <laughs> complete delirium. <laughs> but yeah, yeah anyway, before know. I just continuously interrupted you, what what do you what are you uh, what are you sucking down? Oh, you said old moo. <laughs> old moo or or oh. getting a little bit of rum in my tum. Rum in your tum. Any specific yeah. favourites or are you just a standard uh, straight up and down Captain Morgan's kind of guy? I I am a straight up and down Captain Morgan's. There is also as I recently found, and I think I showed it to you at one point, a beautiful pineapple grenade rum. I think you mentioned uh, it. I don't know if I've sampled it yet. Yeah, I had it in locally, and that mix of orange juice is the nation's greatest cocktail. That's quite a bold it, claim for a I, country I'm, of pissheads. I'm a bold man. <laughs> as we've uh, learned. No, it's, it's, it's pretty good, man. It's, nice. it's pretty delectable. What about your lovely self? We, I, I need to paint you the word picture. Okay. Of, uh, you've gone to a picnic. You've put down nice. the tartan blanket. Yep. All of your friends and family are around. There's so a it's a very lonely day. Running about. Yeah. Uh, you you heft your mighty chalice into the air. Mm. What what is in it? What's it filled to the brim with? Um. Well, I don't want to seem derivative, but I feel like we have very similar tastes. So more often than not, it would be some kind of cider. At the minute. Um, and I think I drank it on the pilot episode. I'm really gravitating towards uh, the Pear Taurus from Audi, partially because it is incredibly cheap um, and also because it's actually quite tasty. I feel like it's it's less harsh than something like, you know, you can get like Pear Magnas or even Aspals. I really like Aspals, yeah. but it is a bit too sharp at the minute for my... Uh, it's incredibly dry yeah. as a drink, which sometimes you want, but I, I get with the, the little hint of sweetness and just makes it nice. It's nice, yeah. But at the minute, it would be Taurus, uh, Pear Taurus. If not, I've been trying a few different rums. So I used to be uh, a big fan of the old the old Captain. Um, I used to, well, even before that, or slightly around that same time, I was a fan of Kraken rum. Um, but as I'm sure yeah. you can account for, <laughs> we had many evenings at university that have since made it so I cannot go near Kraken rum. Um, no, because it's, that it's your spooky, scary now. octopus just wraps his big old suckers around my throat and <laughs> i'm gonna leave that uh, before it gets a bit too uh sensual but so yeah I, I like rum like yourself but i at the minute have been going for um just sort of experimenting i guess trying different ones going out of my way not to have ones i've had before and the recent bottle i got um which i believe you're also a fan of is called i think dead man's fingers um I, I which has has a very a very nice velvety vanilla sort of taste and smell you know it's a whole package all wrapped in one tight little uh, black bottle with some lovely gold font on it it's really a wonderful little thing i heard you right there doing your darndest to try and get sponsored by dead man's fingers <laughs> jesus christ if we can get free alcohol out of that, i mean that is partially the only reason i'm doing it why do people think we've like themed it around drinking oh, yeah. i just want it's... loads of alcohol if we can just get um, a crate of cider per episode yeah. it'd be fantastic jesus christ that would be life made uh, but so should we do you think we've spoken for nearly 10 minutes now <laughs> about drinking um, do you think we should talk about something with maybe more of a mass appeal? I mean, I suppose drinking has a, a giant appeal and everyone loves it, but something maybe a bit less alcohol based. Yeah, that maybe the youth can attest to as well, rather I than just booze. 
have been watching classic gangster movies from the 70s, <laughs> like the youths <laughs> love. <laughs> no, um, so I haven't been watching classic gangster movies from the 70s. I watched the, I think it was yesterday, I rewatched Goodfellas um, for the however many time, however many time. Uh, have you seen Goodfellas? I have not because I'm a despicable human. You are. So why don't you give me a brief five second summary on what goodfellas is i'm imagining sort of gangster mafia just based on the name um i don't know if i can do five seconds specifically i can give it a go i'll keep it brief so starting now uh goodfellas is about the life and times of a specific gangster as he rises from a youth um sort of just i don't know doing menial jobs parking people's cars through to his rise and fall it's a pretty standard story in terms of like you know it's got all the mobster tropes you'd expect from a film like that but it is probably the best easily probably the best mobster film i've seen and that includes things like the godfather i just think goodfellas has more of a a lot of rewatchability for me um that's that's very high praise as well it is no it's honestly i watched it yesterday and as soon as it finished i i turned to my girlfriend and i was like that i'd seen it before but i I think just watching it again i was like that is probably one of the most perfect films i've ever seen i i feel like now it would be a disservice to you if i didn't watch goodfellas at some point (laughs) It and wouldn't be out for, of character, would it? Because all I no, do is tell you watch movies. I will never watch The Goodfellas because I the want Goodfellas. to do a disservice by you. Um, yeah, no, it's it's really good. So it's I can't I can't even necessarily put my finger on why it's so perfect. I think it's ne- it's not like I'm not necessarily saying it's my favorite movie I've ever seen, but just in terms of you know production, uh, specifically the writing, characterization, narrative, all that good stuff that makes up a a good old movie. Uh, it just nails it all. Like it is, it goes through about thirty years of this guy's life, at least, uh, if not more. I think, including the start. But it is, it's just perfect, and it's up there with like. I mean, Scorsese. Even if you're not a massive film person, you would have seen or at least heard of most of his big movies. You know, you've got like Wolf of Wall Street, Goodfellas, The Departed, Taxi Driver. Um, yeah, he's he's made a, a couple of hits. He's yeah, just say. a couple. He's he's definitely yeah. a good up and comer. Um, but I think for anyone like yourself, if you have not seen Goodfellas, it is a must watch by far. And I know everyone says that about everything, but yeah, if you're going to watch a film this week, find it. It's on Netflix in the UK as well. So it's really accessible. I, I might have to actually watch it now. It's very, very good. You've made me eat my own words (laughs) and that disgusts me, but I, I I need a good old gangster film. I haven't Mm. seen one in yonks. No, I, I was trying to think. Um, Public I, Enemy was probably the last one that I really, really liked. Public Enemy was that? Yeah. Which I don't was, think I've seen that, have I? Oh, I can't remember it massively. I remember scenes from it, but again, I just I remember really liking it. So this is also a case for me to go back and rewatch Public Enemy, is yeah. what I'm telling myself. I think at the minute, now's the best time to revisit a lot of your favorite media when you know cinemas are shut down and everything the world's in chaos yeah. whatever we won't dwell on it but um now's the perfect time yeah to go okay so like, why not go back to some of your favorites because new things especially when it comes to films aren't necessarily being put out at least in the in the medium i'd like to watch them in the cinema um no. but yeah well, so. also with that timing i've been making use of an app that 
you love quite a lot, which is Letterboxd. I do love Letterboxd. Which you've got me into to make a nice long list of... Oh, fuck. Long, I just <laughs> what are you bumbling around with? <laughs> completely demolished my pop shield as I wave my gangly arms everywhere. I haven't even got pop shield. I just um, spit and lick all over my mic. I've, I've gone for all professional, mate. Mm. Um, but yeah, Letterboxd, have a nice watch list. It's like an easy way of me tracking... These are the films I want to see. This is what other people thought of them. And that's just what I've been doing for the next couple of weeks. What just are, adding um, to it and then watching it. What are some of your, off the top of your head, can you remember some of your, your watch lists that you've you've got coming up? Well, I've got to see, uh, I've got Knives Out on there, that's which again good. is yeah. another movie that you've gone on about. I um, love Knives Out. The Art of Self-Defense, which I saw nothing about other than Jesse Eisenberg's in it. He's and a good boy. it just boy. looks quirky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to go back and watch Southpaw because I love a good boxing film. Yeah. Um, uh, and I love Jake Gyllenhaal in it. I've seen it a lot of times. Uh, but I think as a rise and fall story, it just, it doesn't revolutionise anything, but it just, it hits all the good points. Yeah. And that's kind of what you need from just a feel good athletic movie. Well, not feel good. It's quite depressing. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I was going to say, saying that's feel good kind of says more about you than the movie, I think. Yeah, I'm not painting a good picture of myself at any point during no, any of this. You're really not. I'm trying to save you no. all the time, but you're just kicking and screaming down that hole. I um, do want to become the most hated man in the universe. I do love Jake Gyllenhaal, or Gyllenhaal, however you want to pronounce it. I know you call me out on it, but I, like I anything. I do believe things you. how I want. Um, yeah, what other films do you like by him? I think Nightcrawler is probably... My one of my favourite Gyllenhaal films. Nightcrawler is fantastic. Uh, I'm trying to think now what he's actually. He was in the. In. He was Mysterio in the latest Spider-Man. And he was yeah. really great, and that was like the only reason Watch I wanted to see that film. Really, mm. he was absolutely fantastic in it. I never mm. saw. I know he was in Life, and I always wanted I didn't to get around to yeah. seeing it. Was that the Alien sort of knockoff? Yeah, that's him and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, and it's it gets uh it's apparently a spooper, but I just odd. it's. Never got around to it. Um, no. Is he in Jarhead? He's in, he Jarhead. in Jarhead. Yeah, Jarhead? I haven't yeah. seen Jarhead, I don't think, but I remember seeing him on the cover around my cousin's house when I saw the DVD a lot. So yeah. there's you a fun little reference. Definitely watch Jarhead. Yeah. It is, it's, it's pretty well good. I'm not really necessarily like a war movies guy, or maybe it's just I'm not like a sort of that whole sandy Afghanistan, Iraq war movies kind no, of guy. I do, I do get that where it's, I think a lot of them came out in quick succession yeah it was sort of like the whole i don't know i don't want to get too political but it felt like the whole american you know oh we're the greatest country in the world kind of thing yeah. um yeah i like older war movies which sounds super pretentious and wanky but like <laughs> i think one of my favorite films uh apocalypse now is like kind of i mean it is a war movie it's set in vietnam but it's um you compare that to something like i don't know it's in jarhead but something like oh, i don't know the hurt locker or something there's you know yeah. it's both are really good films but they're just worlds apart but i suppose they do both come under that that banner of war was well, we both um, said in the in the formerly disclosed pilot um hacksaw ridge was mm. a surprise for both of us that was a really just, good film yeah um absolutely yeah. amazed by it that was really really good i still haven't gone back to watch that and every time it comes up in conversation which surprisingly between me and you it seems to come up a lot yeah. um but yeah it's i haven't gone back to revisit it and i do need to because it was very very enjoyable mm, it was completely well crafted it's a good story to tell it was just the flip of it's not about one man army killing everybody but just trying to save people it was it was a nice 
change that I think was needed. And I think that's why it was so successful. Yeah. I mean, it was a nice change, but it was also by um, Mel Gibson, which meant it was super brutal. And like the, when it was oh, violent, right. it was very, very in your face violent. Yeah. It's that you can't get away from it. Yeah. Um, speaking of ultraviolence, here's one of those soon to be classic transitions i incorporate into this podcast show uh violence doom eternal i have been playing more of um i think we mentioned on the pilot i can't remember it's so long ago that we recorded these episodes but the yeah i played a load of doom 2016 recently because i went to catch up before i picked up doom eternal um and it is very very fun i've played uh, a guess around half of it maybe i don't know i haven't really looked into how long it is but it's um yeah it's it's weird because it's kind of similar it's it's kind of the first game but it evolves it in really unique interesting ways that just really make sense um even to the point so for anyone who doesn't know doom i mean it's pretty ubiquitous franchise by this point it's been around for decades but doom is a ultra violent first person shooter you kill a load of uh demons from hell and then you're on mars in the one that came out in 2016 because there was a reboot and then about a month or two ago uh doom eternal came out and it is really really cool but yeah in terms of evolution it's just stuff like i mean you didn't you didn't play loads of the first one, did you? I think we covered no. that before. Yeah, I did the first couple missions and then sort of backed out because yeah. I I enjoyed what I had played, but because of different circumstances, I kept on replaying the same sort of opening section. And just at the point I went to finally go, right, I'm going to play for it all. I'm going to have a good time. And I got halfway through the bit I normally play and just like, I'm just killing red monsters on a red background and yeah. it's just factories and Mars. And I'm sure it's uh, all I hear is the gunplay is amazing and it's incredible. And I agree, but I just, that was a, I made a barrier for myself that I never got through. Yeah, that's so. fair. I mean, often I find that with certain games or films or other stuff is I almost go into them being like, ah, oh, I'm probably not going to enjoy this or like, I don't know, as you say, you make your own barrier. So it could be you can acknowledge yeah. like, I mean, for me, uh, The Witcher 3 is that kind of thing where I think I played that or tried playing it like two or three times at least because I wanted to like it a lot, but it just something wasn't clicking for me. But at the same time, in retrospect, I can look back and be like, oh, no, actually, that is like a classic game. It's just not really doesn't work for me. Yeah, like you can have definitely have different preferences in gaming. Realize, yeah it's a it's a good game but i'm just i'm taking myself out of it a yeah. bit like um most recently again we brought up on the po- on the pilot and now bring it up now animal crossing was i kind of i've done all i really want to do with that game i had fun with it i can put it down whereas you skyrocketed past me in terms of playtime and i i don't i imagine you're still kind of hanging on in there or have you been um, relinquished from your perpetual farming? <laughs> um, yeah, I've been, to be fair, you say that, I've been largely, as you put it, relinquished um, from the, the foul grip of Tom Nook. Um, because I played it, yeah, I played it more than you did. I think I played about like 90 hours maybe, uh, which sounds a lot, but then I've, I've got people who played it for hundreds and I don't really understand how. But I, I, 
I've kind of hit a point you have um, where it's just become a bit repetitive, the whole cycle of, okay, you, you know, start your day, shake all your trees, get all your fruit, sell it all, do all the fishing you can, get all the fossils you can. And then, but then I suppose Animal Crossing necessarily isn't marketed to be this, you know, play it for a thousand hours or play it for yeah. like marathon sessions. It's okay to just dip in for an hour or so. Yeah, I, I have a feeling, a massive feeling that I'm going to slowly, because I turn it on every now and again, do like, one thing and then save it and put it down i feel like i'm going to do that for long enough and then hit a point where i just binge it for like a week straight um and then i'll be fully back into it at that point everyone will never play it again and i'll be alone on my little island but having (laughs) a good time i it's weird that how it's I, I get that with quite a few games so similar to animal crossing uh again i think we mentioned on the pilot which is the basically this show is just going to be one episode where we keep calling back yeah, to the previous just, one this is just a recap <laughs> we should really go back listen to the pilot and go, yeah okay i already cut, hate these turn people. this off right I don't now have to listen to this um but yeah so stardew valley was a similar thing where i used to play yeah. it every day quite a lot every day and when you're so entrenched in you know a game or a book i suppose to a certain degree or uh, things like that or a tv show you um pardon me you uh you can't see yourself not engaging with that product like when i was really into stardew i was like oh well i'll be playing this for the next 50 years easy like it's so fun um but then suddenly you do play it for the last time and you don't really know it's going to be the last time but like by this point i i played stardew valley loads i haven't picked up in at least i don't know four or five months probably um which is crazy because again, yeah, when I was playing it, I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing in the world. But eventually you do pick games back up after a long time and you might see where this is going. But I'll... I've pointed out the transition in my brain and now I'll point <laughs> it out in the podcast. There's going to be a transition. Get ready, Take it ladies away. and gentlemen, um, because out, shockingly, me and Tom are actually friends outside of the confines of this audio recording, which is quite a salacious uh, reveal so early on. But I know. we last night stayed up very late because we were playing The Last of Us multiplayer, um, which I don't know about you. I hadn't touched probably for at least three years at the very least, I reckon. No, uh, I, did a, I did a brief foray into it with my girlfriend and sort of, her sister and her sister's boyfriend and we went we'll just we'll give it a go it'll be a fun multiplayer game and the fun was not had because they didn't really know the controls so i just threw them in the deep end and went hey just die for 20 minutes while i have fun not the best way to introduce them into a game but then uh me and you who had played hours upon hours of it when it first released we just i'd like to think sunk right back into muscle memory when we had our little gaming session last eve yeah and just had a great time yeah definitely i mean it took us um probably i'd say for me personally it took me about three games to kind of remember what the buttons were and actually not just remember them but you know no tactics i guess uh which sounds super lame but you know what i'm gonna stick with it i'm a tactical cool gamer boy and i wear my beta blocker sunglasses all night um but no it was really fun it was really really fun like we i think we ended up going to bed quite late later than i'd intended because we were just like oh no we'll just keep playing like uh, and the thing that i'd forgotten about the last of us multiplayer which is part of why i used to find it so addicting and can honestly see myself playing it as soon as we finish recording um is 
the whole meta game. So for people who don't know, I mean, I don't know how how far back to go for people who don't know what The Last of Us is even. Essentially, imagine The Walking Dead as a game, but if it was actually good, I suppose. <laughs> um, that, is, that is some that's a hot take it's not a hot take the walking dead died a long time ago oh yeah After um, season two but yeah so the last of us the the multiplayer specifically was kind of it was a, a real i mean we, we were talking about it, i think last night while playing it but it was such a surprise uh just because it is such a single player focused game and yet it had this phenomenal um really innovative unique multiplayer component that is essentially i mean the modes all generally boil down to the typical you know you've got sort of a, a search and destroy call of duty no respawns esque version uh, game mode you've got like a general team death match but it's just oh that was what i was on about yeah so the whole meta game thing so yeah. throughout each game there's a little counter in the corner that's like your i guess supplies and outside of each match you have like this um digital little community i guess you're trying to support because the whole game is themed around this apocalyptic world and just that again i got so much back into so that you earn like depending upon how well you do in a match how many kills you get whatever you got to do um you get like a certain number of supplies and if you don't get enough then your supply or your your little village starts getting ill and people die and then there's raiders and then there's all other kinds of things and it was really really fun and i it's weird that i don't know i don't I don't want to be this hipstery douchebag who's like, oh, we've discovered something, you know, people don't talk about The Last of Us multiplayer enough, but I genuinely don't think they do because I think that that game did a lot of things that um, other games didn't do before and haven't really done since. Yeah, which is they take, well, I'm I'm inferring from you on The Last of Us on that it's always going to be known as one of sort of Naughty Dog's best single player sort of standalone experiences as it should be. It's phenomenal. Um, they didn't need to put in that multiplayer mode, but the fact that they took the mechanics from the single player and completely reworked it, because I think you were you were saying while we're doing it, a good comparison would be Uncharted, in that that felt slightly sort of tacked on. It was just yeah. the average gunplay, put it in a team deathmatch. But they've taken the tension and... I'm I'm gonna say fear because I was terrified the entire time. <laughs> you were screaming all night last um, night. I thought your yeah. girlfriend had come in and attacked you with that knife again that we we spoke about yeah. in the pilot episode. <laughs> the, the hanging harness. Um, yeah. Uh, derailed myself there. I'm but sorry. No, they're, um, they're yeah. So you were talking about how uncharted is shit and you hate it. Yeah, a hundred percent. But to translate that into its entirely different multiplayer experience even as you were describing like with the the clans and the survivors and mm. they might die that's all shown just through dots yeah but no it's it really simplistic but it empathizes with yeah mere pixels so yeah. i i just i think it's phenomenal and the main point of it as with any multiplayer is it's just fun as fuck yeah it's, it's really really fun just so good uh like another multiplayer that i think was a little bit underrated and they've stopped doing now was the assassin's creed multiplayer yeah which that didn't need to be in the game and they completely overhauled the mechanics from the first one to put in that sort of hiding disguise try and be as sneaky as you can and you'll do better um and that was phenomenal as well yeah so i i think i prefer games where they they see their sort of structure from their single player experience and go yeah but that 
doesn't translate enough on its own let's just overhaul it using the same themes and just make something better yeah i think that was why i was quite disappointed when i heard well, uh, it was quite a while ago by this point so they might have changed their stance on it but i think naughty dog come out and said that um the last of us 2 isn't going to have multiplayer at least on launch like it's going to be pure they're kind of they framed it as um you know they're focusing on making sure the single player content is as good as it can be so i guess they yeah. didn't want to try and tack something else on but it's like you guys didn't amaze just just you know remaster i suppose you don't need to remaster it still looks great but just put the first game multiplayer in it and i'll play that like that's fine you haven't got to do any yeah. other work yeah no I, I completely understand with the because it is as i said built as a single player experience and it is a fantastic single player experience but yeah just all they need to do is put a fresh coat of paint on it and I will sink easily 500 hours into it. Yeah. Just pressing is, um, the same buttons. Yeah. It's really great. It's really, really great. I've got some really fond memories with multiplayer games in general. Like not necessarily, I think when when I was thinking about, or after we finished playing it last night and I was like, oh Jesus, we haven't played that in years. I was like, what other games do I want to go back to? And even as far as um, me and my my brother and a few of my cousins but specifically one cousin we used to um we used to play loads of ps2 games on uh, split screen and stuff and we used to play yeah. time splitters a lot i don't know if you oh, played that love time splitters but um, specifically two was i think the best oh three i think it was three three was future path perfect wasn't it and that was the one we used to really play a lot of and i think part of that was that it had the I think all of them have it, but I, I played threes the most. It had the really good like map creator thing yeah. um, that was really intuitive. And I remember making like actually decent arenas and stuff in a, you know, in a really, I, uh, I could barely count the number of fingers on my hands. And I was making these wonderful little, uh, little, I don't even know what words are anymore, but it was a fun time. That's the moral <laughs> of the story to take away from that. Um that was that was a whole circle of conversation <laughs> there. You just spiraled the drain. I think there's something in this Mortimer cider. I think old Morty's been uh, he's he been fiddling saying, with the barrels again. <laughs> he heard you saying it was hay like. He's like, I'm I'm gonna get that boy. Yeah, maybe when I meant hay, I meant uh, heroin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's quite the change up. That's just gonna put um, more than a pep but in yeah, step. time splitters. It was super fun, and I think time splitters future perfect as well. Also had one of my most like memorable uh, single player. Uh, things as well because i just i don't know maybe it was at a time where certain games now feel more disposable like now there's a rise in free to play and now there are sequels every single year and yeah. blah 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 like um i think back when time splitters was out or maybe it was the fact i was at an age where you know i didn't have all my own expendable income so i was reliant on playing the same games for a long time because i couldn't just be like mummy i want a new playstation um but yeah, no, I time split is I don't know why. I'm just thinking about load now and I'm like, I wanna I wanna play Time Split as Future Perfect. That was so good. Yeah, I I remember um one of the best sort of first person shooter experience that I had with my own brother. Uh and shockingly, me and Kieran both have brothers. Mm. It's crazy how you that also have another sibling, world. but we'll keep that a secret. <laughs> yeah, no one no one talks about that one. Um uh, <laughs> Uh, we used to play the hell out of 007 Nightfire, which Ooh, I just remembered was a thing. Good. Which I remember in having some of the greatest maps I've ever Again, this is all rose-tinted glasses, and I'm sure if I went back to it now, I would hate it. But I just remember it just being our pure unadulterated fun of just... I remember there was a ski map with sort of um, 
Oh, well, like, like the fucking gondola ski lifts that you just go in I between. think it's just called a ski lift. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh, you mean like the pod things? Yeah, little little pod things going in between them. And there are like two mansions on either side, Yeah, I think. Um, or that could just be a weird, wacky dream that I, I had. I don't know. You're on your own here. I don't think I played Nightfire. Yeah. I played a lot of the Bond games, but I don't think I played Nightfire. But I just remember as a first-person shooter, it just felt right to just pick up and play. Also, uh, like cooperative experiences i don't see a lot of in multiplayer games anymore like um call of duty zombies is probably when it was early on and not crazy and mental as it is now yeah. uh, when it was just simply just stay alive for as long as possible that's it uh that was a, we used to play the hell out of that yeah. so i just i want a good co-op multiplayer of just four people just having a fun time yeah, I don't. Co-op's strange for me because it's I for a long time. Pardon me, I keep burping. I don't know. I really don't know what old Morty's putting yeah. this cider. Um, but for a while, I didn't play many like same screen co-op games because I used to play them with my brother, and then he decided to leave our family and make his way to Manchester. Um, oh no! Before that, it was because he was at uni and I was still at home. Uh, and I'm not going to be like, hey, mum, who's probably never played anything, do you want to kill some zombies with me? <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't remember where this point was starting off, but I know where it's bloody going to finish. Fucking oh. moving out. Fucking oh, hairbreak turn there. A game we've both played hell. that is a co-op local couch piece of shit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's not that bad. I feel like I've just since I played it once and... The Since rage is then, I haven't played it again, it. and it's just bubbled and bubbled, and I'm like, oh, I yeah. hate this game. <laughs> nah, the um, problem with it was because it's done by the same people who did Overcooked. Yeah, Team Seventeen, uh, I think. They with Overcooked, well, it was kind well. of they did indeed. Uh, lightning in a bottle, where it was it was so fun. Every different level, you felt like you were constantly progressing and learning all these skills. Um, like you'd be one level doing burgers, and then immediately going and doing like fish and chips. I was just, it was a completely different aspect to wrap your head around. And then with moving out, it is the same concept. Uh, me and my girlfriend played it because we, we have a little YouTube channel as just a name drop thing. We played it for that for about. But you won't print, say what hour. the name is, obviously. Nah, nah, people need to find that. <laughs> okay. um, I'll drop hints as we go on, like a little scavenger hunt. Yeah, that's definitely the best marketing tactic. I think uh, Coca Cola used that one. Yeah, this is why they're so big they are now. Mm. Um, but we played it for hour, hour and a half, and it's it's the same thing on every single level. Obviously, I, I am going to play more of it and just see, because the demo was really fun and it was diverse, but the just having what I've done, it I, I just got so bored. Yeah. It's just, it's not, it hasn't got that same care in it, I want to say. Yeah, I mean, so mechanically for people who don't haven't even seen moving out as tom said you know is the the concept is in the title it is about moving you work for a moving company um and you can play it single player i think you can play it up to four like you i played it with two of us uh and it is just you okay so you've got like say i played on switch you've got a switch controller you press essentially i can't remember what it's called but it's the equivalent of r2 so like zr or whatever to grab things you let go of it to drop them you press another button to throw things and you have to move things out of people's houses into this removal van with all these kind of 80s aesthetics and you know it's it's charming i'll give it at the very least but as yeah. you said it, it it becomes very repetitive very early on 
um and like with overcooked we played it quite a lot together and we were really like oh we have to go back to each level and get the gold medal because there's different tiers depending on how quickly you can do things whereas with moving out i'm like i don't even know if i'm gonna finish this like it's just just not blitz through it yeah it didn't grip me obviously the main difference is when we played sort of overcooked we would normally play that four of us yeah and it would be just that little bit more intense so i i do want to give it a go on doing it with four people um but i i can't i can't see them changing it up it's more the kind of here's the thing just make your own fun with it yeah i don't want to but they should make the fun for me they're the ones making the game (laughs) you should write a strongly worded letter i'm Um, i'm typing up as we speak (laughs) it's all these thoughts and feelings it's gonna be quite venomous podcasting and writing letters and spilling things all over your little room and you're just a crazy man tom but also uh they'll they'll make a better game than i ever will so i can't complain at all thank you very that, much yeah, for making it that's the, that's the <laughs> tough thing time. whenever we moan about anything it's like yeah. but also we're not really doing much so you there, know, can't really complain. there's no such thing as a as a high horse for us we are we are the <laughs> lowest of low we just ride those little baby ponies into the sunset together <laughs> Yeah. Oh, holding hands that's such a nice mental image for me well on that mental image for you i've worked my way through mortimer's poison juice and i haven't yet passed out so i think that is a safe place to bring this uh, delightful little conversation to a close i hope you've enjoyed yourself as much as i have and more importantly i hope the hordes of audience we will no doubt attract have enjoyed themselves thoroughly as well i'm i'm sure they have if not I'm sure they'll find a way of letting us know their vast levels of hatred. You're a very intimidating man when you need to be, Tom. Um, well, yeah, so this has been the the first episode, first real episode, if you exclude that pilot, which we won't stop going on about and never will. Um, but yeah, I think this has gone has gone successfully. I've enjoyed it very much. I hope you have as well. Do you have any, any little closing sentiments you'd like to end on? Uh, just probably general life advice always drive safely and wear a seat belt uh practice reserved drinking don't don't drink too much it's it's not safe for you um wear sunscreen if you go outside in the sun burning it's not great for your skin conversely i would say um never wear a seat belt pour as much alcohol down your throat as you can and uh cover yourself in lard when laying in the sun so you cook like a a little roast pig you're a maverick i'm a maverick i'm a bad boy and i'm the number one cowboy in this saloon so (laughs) goodbye everyone (laughs) 